Welcome to the podcast, Are You Done Yet? Special Edition. We're going to talk today about Microsoft Inspire, the virtual conference 2020. With me, I have Brian Quick. Hey, Mike. Uh, hey, everybody. So I'm here in the north woods of Wisconsin um, so that, on a little road trip with the family. That's not a team's background? No, this is actually a real background, a uh, real lake behind me, Long Lake in Three oh, Lakes. Awesome. Um, and nice. uh, it's gorgeous up here. We're enjoying some time, some R&R with the family um, on our RV road trip. Awesome. But I wanted to take the time to, you know, we all, you know, last year we were all crammed in that, um, those Las Vegas hotels, Mike, and those convention mm -hmm. centers um, yep. in 100 degree heat. Mm -hmm. Standing um, in lines to get in the T-Mobile Center. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, <laughs> inspire and ready and, and and ignite and you know it it's a totally different experience obviously for everybody this year and and yeah. to have the opportunity to just join it virtually actually was a welcome thing. It really um, was. And they, you know Microsoft really did a a great job. Um, there mm -hmm. was a high level of production value for for us and so for those of you that aren't familiar. Microsoft Inspire is sort of their partner conference. So right. we learn how to become better partners with Microsoft, new programs that they're going to be rolling out, um, future-facing type conversations about how, you know, what's happening with the solutions so that we can then take that to you, our, our business customers, um, and uh, impart all that great, new, exciting stuff um, in the projects that we talk about. So Inspire... Um, was really um, all virtual and all online this year. Yep, it was. And they did, like you said, the production value was great. They were, they did some very clever things with, um, um, you know, walking into the T-Mobile Center and there was nobody there. I know we both attended uh, the main keynote speech with Satya Nadella. I thought that was really interesting. What did you think about that? Oh, I thought it was awesome. He's always inspirational. He's got such great business insights and he's always you know um you know pitch perfect in terms of what's going on in the environment he talked a lot about the you know the challenges that we're all facing and how we as partners in the microsoft community can help really enable and are enabling um this you know a lot of these business pivots that are that our customers are having to go through to cope with kind of this new normal that's out there so i thought at a high level it was really awesome great great user stories that he went through um, with land of lakes and, and t-mobile and some of the others um really good stuff yeah, you had uh, you had LinkedIn uh, post about um, the Land O'Lakes butter that was behind him on the shelf, and what was that for? And I guess you found out later in the session, anyway. Yeah, I, I had actually, you know, just kind of making a joke. Why is there butter on the shelf? And I circled it and put it out there <laughs> during during the session. It went then, viral. Yeah. yeah, it kind of went viral. I had like three thousand repost <laughs> views of it, so it was crazy. Yeah, you know, but it was a great case study. Um, we had, uh, you know, he went through the whole thing, and then I went back and reread the whole piece and. Um, you know, the user journey was more than just an enabling technology to make business better. They actually had some, you know, Microsoft and Land O'Lakes uh, had partnered on a broadband initiative to bring broadband to these underserved rural communities. And one of the outcomes of that was that they actually helped improve, um, you know, virtual um, health care because these people, you know, first of all, even before COVID, they had problems because they were remotely located far away from, um, you know, health care providers. But now they've, they're able to do a lot of virtual, um, you know, doctor's appointments and checkups and all this kind of stuff. And it's actually improving the quality of life, which was a completely unintended consequence, but it was a, it was an awesome, you know, side benefit of the technology that was deployed. It's amazing stuff. Um, you talked about what should be rebuilt, what should be reimagined, and what should be left behind. And I yeah. thought that was really a profound, uh, you know, three things to keep in mind as we kind of build back better out of the, the situation that we're all in. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, status quo isn't um, possible anymore in a lot of ways. And some of the some of the old baggage that we've been leaving, that we've been pulling behind us in terms of, no, we can't digitally transform. Uh, we won't be able to access our data or it won't be secure or um, those kind of conversations and discussions um, are probably things we should be leaving behind, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in some cases, they gave some examples, and we've seen them with our customer base, too, where there actually is a very rapid move towards a new thinking towards some of the, these digital transformation initiatives. And some of it is just kind of scrapping some of the things that were going on in the in the, in the past. And also, the velocity of change has really mm -hmm. increased. And, and we've actually had customers tell us that they've been able to do some of these, these initiatives and, and things that... Um, our customers and and you know I, I, a great example is when we interviewed Tad Haas from Edison 365 and he's talking about a distillery out west yeah. uh, that had pivoted to to making um, hand sanitizer and you know they already had the alcohol and things like that so but they said you know they were able to do that within a matter of days and normally it would have taken weeks or months to retool to do that and you know it, it shows that not only is the you know the technology there but the human initiative to get things done um, can really change the paradigm of how how work is accomplished. Yeah, it was. There's some crazy statistics that they were talking about. Um, that 89% of CIOs will accelerate cloud transformation now that um, in a post-COVID world versus 59% pre-COVID. Wow, um, 60% increase. Wow, it's yeah. crazy. Um, and then you're looking at um, the power platform. They were saying in the power platform alone, 90% of the Fortune 500 are already using it. Right. Um, and they were they were talking about a return to workplace solution that they built on a power platform with the help of of a partner. The other thing that that was interesting what was a new concept was what he called tech intensity. Mm -hmm. and tech intensity um, is you know using tech to drive business transformation. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, you know we're not really I mean there's a new term digital transformation something that's been flowed around for quite a while but tech intensity is is something that um, I think we'll hear a lot more about from Microsoft. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What was really awesome is uh, on that same keynote was the Brad Smith tour. So when he took us around Seattle and we had an opportunity to uh, see the various places and he was even in a kayak just yeah, in, um, in the cool. lake there. I thought it was yeah. a really well done. It, it almost had like a an Anthony Bourdain sort of feel to it, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it sure did. And it... um. You know, for for those of us who've spent a lot of time out in in Seattle and Redmond with and, you know, the campus and everything else out there, it was kind of nice to see it. It was a very nice days that they did the filming of that. Obviously, it was in nice clear skies. You could see Mount Rainier, and they also showed the new campus core that they're building there, which looks pretty exciting. So when uh, when all this is over and we can travel, I really look forward to, to getting back out there and seeing our colleagues and friends at Microsoft. Yeah, me too. That was really cool and exciting. Well, there were a lot of other sessions besides the keynote that we went. And that we found, I think we kind of um, almost picked the same ones, Mike, because I think we're kind of interested in the same stuff. Yeah, but, I think um, we did. So I went to one about. <laughs> we're really trying to tighten our relationship with Microsoft. So some of the ones that we picked are about, you know, what's the co-sell program? Um, how did it improve this year? How can we get more invested in that? And I know that's a huge area that Innovative E is going to be looking into, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's a way to really um, more formally connect. There's always been. These these connections that we've had with you know the field and the you know the the product teams and the marketing teams and all those, but this has actually put some some really nice um, some some formal check boxes in there that will help I think really accelerate solutions for customers. 
Yeah, it will. Um, and you know what? We're really getting into the power platform and we're diving into the deep end of the pool um, headfirst. And uh, there were a lot of really great sessions about how to build a practice around the power platform. So we're going to be leveraging those for the advantage of, of our customers. I know you guys are all out there thinking, can I do this thing? Or is it something that I need help with? And I think we're going to offer some guidance on that in the near future, right? Yeah, and they, they really hit the nail on the head, and they had some really great guest speakers in there that talked about you know ways to help customers navigate this power platform journey, which is it's a little different because it's a low-code, no-code solution. So the, the great piece of that is it's going to enable these business folks at these endpoints or what, what someone on the, actually called the friction points, right? It's these business friction points where there's um, issues that they need to resolve. And it moves it away from the core IT technology developer set, the professional developers, into what they call the citizen developers. So you can really start to address these. You can do rapid prototyping of applications. I think um, one of the terms or one of the statistics they threw out was that over the next three or four years, there's going to be 500 million apps that are going to be developed, which is like more apps than have been developed in the history of <laughs> development, right? And a lot of these are going to be these rapid prototypes that will be built by the business type people to solve these particular problems. And then from there, you can actually start to say, okay, which of these are going to kind of um, need to be extended? Some of them are, will be fine as a smaller app that's there. Um, some of them will be ready to be extended with um, professional um, developers and move into it. But one of the points that Satya made when he's talking about it and some other folks have talked about is the power platform and the fact that you're building it on the CDS and, and these components, these core components of it, uh, allow you to move at scale. So when you do take one of these apps, and you, they won't be all of them, it might be one out of 10 or one out of 20 that really need to go to scale, it'll be easy to move it to scale because the, all the, the underpinnings are there. You're not going to be like complete rewrite and everything else. But, so it's pretty, really, really interesting stuff and um, a very uh, a very bright future for the, the organizations that will embrace this platform to be more responsive to their their customers' needs. Yeah, and Microsoft's really taking this stance of, hey, you know, if you weren't in the cloud before, and now this is a catalyst for that. It's not a reason not to do it. So what we're trying to do is we're going to make sure that we're in touch with our customers. We realize that there's maybe some workloads there that you've been a little bit resident to move to the cloud. Maybe it's a, your project management system or your collaboration solution. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there's some line of business systems and you want to take those business rules and build them into Power Apps or Power Automate. Let's start talking about that um, as something that we need to do in order to really enable um, the, the, the type of collaboration of the future with everybody being remote, working from home. Um, we can't just pass paper or drop by somebody's desk anymore. And that good old Excel spreadsheet is not really fitting the bill anymore in a collaborative environment where you have a remote workforce. So let's talk about getting those things into the power platform. We'll, we'll walk through the security. We'll walk through all of the reservations that you might have about that, the licensing, um, the, your concerns about supportability. And uh, we'll, we need to really move these things forward into the cloud, and we can be there to help you do that, Mike. Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so Mike, one of the other things I, I heard was a great quote, and I think it has a lot of relevance to our conversations with customers. Collaboration is the new innovation. 95% wow. of collaboration does not come from you. And this was in the Microsoft Industry Innovation um, discussion, um, mm -hmm. breakout session. And I thought that was a really profound statement, especially because of what we talk about with um, Edison 365 ideas and open innovation, yes. uh, essentially the ability to bring in 
all this, these ideas from not only your employees, but also from your customers and opening that up in, in a type of portal, which is something Edison 365 Ideas does. And I know we talked to, to Tad Haas at length in mm-hmm. our previous episode uh, about that. So yeah. I thought that was really, um, you know, if fundamentally on target, um, because, you know, if you think that you're an innovator, you're really, you know, 95% of, of innovation does not come from you. It comes from your community. Right. Yeah. And like you said, that community can be your customers, but with the open innovation component, um, it also can be, it could be university, academia, it could be other uh, communities that live out there that are completely um, outside of kind of your domain or, or maybe your security infrastructure, but they still have a secure way to manage all that information. So. Right. It's very powerful to be able to to tap into you know this innovation, um, you know mass innovation kind of capabilities. And then just for those who don't know, Edison 365 is completely built on top of the Microsoft cloud offering. So in 365, right. 65, it just it's basically a ubiquitous service that works on top of it. So it's it's really a nice extension that just uh, allows you to do those things. You know what? As a side note, I know that um, Edison is actually running a promotion right now about that. So if you purchase, you know, Edison 365 Ideas um, and Innovation Management for your employees, if you're an education institution, actually give the innovation piece for your students um, as a, as part of that program. So it's a it's a really great idea because you want to get those ideas from the whole student body um, mm-hmm. as opposed to employees and they're making that free right right yeah that's a great promotion and they're doing it because a lot of these institutions have been hit hard um, with enrollment being down and things like that so they're trying to help you know kind of give back a little bit and at the same time um, be able to use this platform to help with innovation that may help their their um, institutions do do better things yeah it's exciting hey wasn't there um, an observation you had about security i thought that was we were talking about that before yeah, so during Satya's keynote, one of the things that he he mentioned, he, he just mentioned passing like he does so many things, it's so great. Um, he, he used this term called zero-cost security, and it just struck me. I was kind of like, oh, wow. So um, we all know that there's been people who, and organizations that have hesitated going to the cloud. They've got their own security departments and all these other things, and they, they, they want to stay on-premise or whatever. And of course, as we've discussed, people are moving to the cloud faster than ever. One of the reasons is that security is baked in. But this cost, this this idea of zero cost security is basically when you buy M365, you get all that security infrastructure that comes with it. So Microsoft has made the investment, and as a company, you get the soft, the platforms as a service, and then all the the software as a service for the Office Suite and all these other power apps and all these things that you get. But then you also get all the security that's just baked in. There's not an additional layer of costing for all of that. It's 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 there, which is which is really phenomenal. It's it's kind of a game changer, I think. Is because a lot of people are doing like point solutions for different types of security, like multi-factor authentication or conditional access or just intrusion detection. But mm-hmm. Microsoft provides an alternative to that. They don't have to go to all these different point solutions. They just bake it into the suite. Um, so it's really kind of a game changer in terms of you know your overall value you're getting from the cloud um, mm-hmm. and the amount of vendors you have to deal with. Mike, there's one more thing that I think we need to mention about what happened at Inspire. Um, some little award that we may have won? Yeah, yeah. You know, I know both of us tuned into uh, David Willis when he did the Microsoft US, um, um, the whole 30-minute segment. He had some other people on him showing some things. But one of the things that was interesting about that is um, we actually uh, we did win one of the awards. We were award winner for the Microsoft US 
modern workplace portfolio and project management category for the U.S. So we were super excited about that. And of course, if anybody had noticed my background, they gave the award winners these JPEGs to put in, you know, so you could identify um, while we were on the conference and talking to people and everything else. So it was a super award. We're humbled, um, you know, and honored by it. There's a lot of great, great partners that work in this space. And um, it was just it was just really um, an honor to receive it and, and a testament to our customers and, and our partners and employees who do such great work to build these solutions. Yeah, Mike, I was really excited when that was announced and, and David Wills took the time to uh, specifically call out Innovative E as being the Project Portfolio Management Award winner for the U.S. And uh, I just got chills, man. It was great. It's really great to see kind of our work paying off. And it's really because of you, our customers, that we're able to do that. Um, and so thank you for sharing your, your needs and challenges with us. Thank you for bringing us along on your journey. Um, and uh, we hope that we meet many more customers this year, this fiscal year, and are able to hit the ground running. Mike, there's one more thing I wanted to cover uh, today. Uh, what do you think of the beard? Um, I think you're... Um... You're looking very kind of hipsterish, like you've uh, maybe been on vacation and traveling around and not shaving lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I'll make sure I shave it before I get home. So, Mike, thanks a lot for the um, talk today. And uh, I hope you have as bad of, good of a weekend as I will here in the Northwoods. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Have a good day. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.